episode of the Buffalonian Podcast is brought to you by the Cast Source Podcast Network, a podcast network built with and for entrepreneurs. We cover many genres, including sports, business, mental health, marketing, and entertainment. We feature the podcast shows such as Sports Bring People Together, Limitless, Savers of the Metaverse, and The Athletic Mindset. Learn more at castsource.com slash podcast. Without further ado, let's get into the Buffalonian Podcast. are back with the Buffalonian podcast. I'm Joe Callie, and as always, I'm joined by Dom Loss and Mike Marino. And this, as everyone probably knows that's going to listen, is not going to be our usual uh, shenanigans with the Bills talk. We unfortunately had to witness DeMar Hamlin be seriously injured on the field the other night playing in, uh, in Cincinnati. And I don't know. I mean, it's it's just it's so tough to see. I got to bring you guys back to here. Sorry, I got a little ahead of myself on that one. You're but, all good, uh, buddy. It's just, it, it's, I didn't, you know, 20 years on this planet, pro- roughly 13, 14 watching football games, right? Never, I've never seen anything like that. I don't, and even Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, they, they couldn't even believe what they were watching down there. And it didn't even look like this, the nastiest hit or anything like that. It just right place, exactly the right moment in time, like one in a million, like absolutely insane. And credit to the Bills medical staff. And all doctors that were there, I mean, we saw them performing CPR and they got, we find out that they actually got his heartbeat back to normal on the field. So that's huge. That was, that was big. And they waited for his mom to come down from the stands. I just want to know, like with you guys, I mean, just sitting there while I know we weren't at the game, none of us were in Cincinnati, but watching it on TV, I mean, it's just like, what, what was going through your minds like as soon as he collapsed to the ground? Like, was it like same as me? Just kind of like what's going on or they didn't show it. They didn't even show it right away. They cut the commercial right as he stood up. So it was just it's I don't know. It was, it was just it's it's crazy. I mean, what do you what do you think, Dom, Mike? Yeah. Um, did you, you guys can hear me, right? Yeah, we got you. And yeah. you're not repeating back into my mic. No, we're good. I, I just want to double check that before I started speaking again. OK, all right, um, you're good. No, I think it was just – I think we're so used to those hits in football that we're kind of numbed to it, to be honest. I mean, I, earlier in the day, I was watching Tulane USC, and on Tulane's final drive, they, like, threw the ball over the middle of the field and the safety, hit the wide receiver, and they both knocked each other out. Yeah. And, it, and that just seemed kind of like, like – like, I don't know. I didn't really have – you know, you don't have really have a reaction to it anymore after a while of seeing that kind of violence of just – that's kind of just the game at this point. So, I mean, it just looked like a physical play by T. Higgins on Hamlin. And, you know, when they zoomed him on the ground, you just kind of thought maybe he didn't get up because I, 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 mean, I didn't really see him get up when we, uh, when they cut out. So, um, obviously, you had no idea that he stood up and then collapsed. And 
I mean, you could sense that something was wrong by the, um, you know, the, 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 the haste of the medical staff and, and, and the faces of the players. But, I mean, I didn't think it was life-threatening. You know, you mm-hmm. think it's – he just got knocked out cold. I mean, pe- people do that. I mean – Right, you think you're going to see the thumbs up when he's getting rolled off the field? You yeah, know what I mean? So. Like it's just how everyone thinks now. I mean, I don't know. It was just it's tough to watch. Truly, now after especially, you know, seeing. I know a lot of people are saying, you know, Tua putting the thumb up, like he's okay, like even with his concussion and stuff. Like, and there was no indication here for hours, hours. I mean, it didn't feel like hours though. I was sitting watching just hoping he was okay and you saw the entire bills team and it's just i don't know it's 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 horrible it truly is i mean if at the end of the day these injuries are known that could happen right like that's a one in a million injury but this is a quote-unquote violent game people are 300 pound guys are flying at each other full force to try and get this little leather ball you know what i mean like it's it's i mean that's what everyone's been talking about the past couple days i mean all all sports news has just been on how violent this game is and how it's like a step back and you can actually like take a second now and watch it a little differently like it pulled you out of it a little bit so i don't know mike what do you what do you got yeah no i think it's just like it's really scary to see how, you know, you see the hype around this game. Like it's most important game of the year for both teams and, mm-hmm. you know, all how everyone's so excited for it. And then in an instant, it's like you could hear a pin drop in that stadium. And like you just see how everyone doesn't care about the game anymore. They just care about Hamlin, you know, actually like fighting for his life here. And, you know, it's, it's just so scary to think that the hip didn't look, bad it looked like routine you know play mm-hmm. and he just doesn't you know get up from it and it's just like really scary situation overall but like it's just remarkable to me how like in that moment you saw how not only like all the bills players were so close but like even the bengals players how they were able to respect him by like making sure that no cameras could be on him right like, privacy he deserves in that situation and, you know, you see how all the players are instantly praying and they're all crying and this like, you know, heartbroken at this moment because, you know, for some of these guys, they they battle with each other like they know each other probably better than some of their own family members. They're with each other every day for the majority of the season and they're like brothers. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, it's bigger than football. Like football is just a game like. You know, it's supposed to be fun, supposed to be something to get our minds off of things, but it's just really unfortunate when things like this happen. And, you know, it's really good to see how, you know, we saw Diggs, he like Ubered to the hospital. Other players were trying to get to his family, make sure his family's doing okay. Like, it's really good to see how everyone's like really caring about him. And all 32 NFL teams, they changed their Twitter mm-hmm. to DeMar Hamlin. Other leagues, you know, the Sabres had the DeMar shirts. All the other leagues were doing stuff for him. It's the just, Capitals last night even honored him by yeah. a moment of silence and everything, which is crazy. No, like, it just shows. Mar Hamlin. It's it's insane. Yeah, no, it just shows how like all sports, you know, are together. Like everyone is there for him. Everyone's praying for him. 
you know, we want him to have a good full recovery. And it's just really terrible to know that like you're out there one play thinking, you know, I'm going to make this play next plays next. And then he's down and unfortunately didn't get up. And it's just really scary to think that that can happen. Cause you see some of these hits where it's like, how do you get up from that? And then there's other plays where you don't even notice what happens and the guys are seriously hurt. So it just really makes you think that like life is like fragile. Like you don't realize until something like this happens that you really had to take appreciative for being healthy and all that, because just recently Buffalo in general has just taken a hit with tragedies. And it's like, this is just nonstop so far this year. And it's really sad because it's, it's not fair. It's like, we don't, we can't control it. Mm-hmm. It's just not fair that we have to go through these things. And, you know, you just got to be appreciative of what you have and who you have because it's been proven. You never know what can happen when it can end. So, yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people are doing. They're taking a step back and realizing that, I mean, he was on um, one bills live a couple weeks ago talking about how, when Dane Jackson was injured, he, you know, was squeezing everyone's hand a little extra hard and stuff like that saying, you never know when could be your last time doing something like this. And just, you know, it's, it's true. It's it, he's 24 years old. Would anyone have expected anything like this to happen to him? Absolutely not. It's, it's crazy because we're 20 and 21 you Mike. And uh, it's just like that, that, that guy's like our age, a little older than us, you know, like it's, it's, it's so tough and there truly are, just no words just talking league-wide now right you mentioned the twitter accounts you mentioned um which i call it like the nhl doing stuff these a lot of these other teams i mean these other fans that speak so poorly so poorly about the the bills and everything like that everyone's one family that's what i've been seeing one family bigger than football and i think that's just the the coolest thing. I mean, it's, it just shows how yes, football is a game where we, as people are at odds a lot of the time, right. That's why we do this. I mean, it's, it's just, you're, we're a, you know, bills fans going at against other teams. And it's just, I don't know. It's cool to see that everyone has that camaraderie with each other when it counts, like when it actually needs to happen and matters. It's really, it's, it's just, it's, it's nice to see. And, like other stadiums they're turning their like the raven stadium is blue red white and blue for the, the for hamlin right now you know and the what other stadium did it the Bengals went all blue for hamlin that night so it's 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 really cool to see just the league-wide camaraderie i mean even whatchamacallit going into um the donations and stuff it's literally it was at 2000 2500 bucks right that was the the main goal in 2020. He started this little toy drive for his hometown. Within an hour, I think I saw it was like 830,000, right? Which is unbelievable in itself, right? That number just kept climbing. And it wasn't just Bills fans. It was fans all around the league and also players from all around the league. I mean, I saw yesterday Tom Brady tossed $10,000 in there. You know what I mean? Like, it's just the whole league is hurting right now because of this, because no other player wants to see a player end up like this. Like, cause then that's just like, 
for them, they could see themselves the same thing happening. So it's at nearly 5 million now or surpassed 5 million. I checked last night. It was like 4.9 something. I think it's almost at six now. Almost at six mm-hmm. now. Eh, it just continues to to go up and, you know, everyone's, you know, praying for DeMar and keeping them in yeah, their it, thoughts. It, it's pretty cool. I mean, mm-hmm. to see the unity across the league. I mean, you kind of get chills looking at, yeah. you know, what's going on for all the donations and all that. But you, know, you, you hope from, like, the mental side of it that, you know, the league is getting involved, making sure every player, every coach who's kind of on that sideline, um, you know, checks up with themselves mentally to make sure they're okay. Because, I mean, I, I know I don't know if I would have, like, be able to continue playing nope. football in the short term after witnessing, you know, one of my teammates as Mike Lou do, like, those guys are so close. I think Troy Aikman said on the broadcast, like you see those guys more than your family. So um, to see like the realization of that could have been like them. I think, you know, that, that has to have some uh, scarring effects. So, I, I mean, I hope every player, even across, I, even across the league, I mean, we're witnessing it, you know, fans too. I mean, that's pretty scarring. I, I, I think it's going to be hard uh, to see what happens coming up, but, yeah, I think that has to be uh, a big emphasis for the league. I also think, you know, big props to the medical staffs, both, you know, at the hospital and on the field, because, I mean, they saved that his life. I mean, his heart stopped beating. He wasn't breathing on his own. Like, if they weren't missing, you know, care and CPR, uh, he would not be with us. So, I mean, those guys, are, I mean, we talk a lot about heroes, and those guys are definitely one of them. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it also shows the um, you know the importance of everyone getting certified in CPR and mm-hmm. being able to learn how to use an AED in any situation. I know this is a you know on a football field, but I mean, this could happen anywhere, right? As we can tell. So, I, I mean, I think it, I think that showed um, the importance of you know when they made, used to make us do that in gym and we kind of you know staying alive. Yeah, we laughed at um, it, you know. <laughs> you know, we kind of didn't take it a hundred percent serious, but I think now, I mean, look, looking, looking at that now, it's like, I mean, that could be me on the ground, and like, I'd want someone around that would know how to do that kind of care. So, no, I think I just think the mental side of it. Obviously, we're still praying for Demar. I know he's improving, but yeah, he um, reportedly the night of needed 100% of the ventilator to be able to breathe was not breathing on his own at all. It's now roughly 50%. That's the latest report from the hospital. So um, that's very nice to hear. You know, it's good to see that he's recovering even a little bit, little by little, little things are huge in that kind of, you know, heart injury, you know, and he's going to have lung injuries as well. They did CPR, cracked ribs, you know, all that stuff. So just to see a little bit, happening is is a very very good sign so yeah no and then uh, i just want to say one thing like you know nfl like tuesday is like their off day and like today is wednesday so today there's like all the uh, practices start up again meetings and all that it's going to be really hard for all 32 teams to go back into the facility and you know be able to focus like no matter what Mm -hmm. team you are because every single team can relate to this because every single team, you know, no matter how dysfunctional some teams look, like their brotherhood, like they're all very close. And they every single team can imagine if this was them, you know, how they would be feeling. So this week is going to be a really tough week just around the league because 
a lot of players are going to have a tough time focusing. And like Dom said this earlier, like making sure these players and coaches are getting the resources they need. So like if they need to talk to someone, they can, because this is something that we never want to happen, never expect to happen. But unfortunately, it, it can happen. And, you know, it's just it is good that like at these games, they have the proper medical staff there. They have, you know, doctors there and all these trainers that are properly trained to deal with these situations. Like it's unfortunate when they had to step in and do stuff like we never want that to happen. We just want to, you know, upbeat a game that is entertaining. But, you know, you got to unfortunately have these situations arise and it's really good that they were able to respond really quickly and save his life because, you know, we never want that to happen, but just overall the mental aspect, you know, we saw Bill's players like distraught and Mm -hmm. I don't know how as a player that just happened two days ago, you can come back and just go back to work and be fine. Like, I just don't see how that's possible. Like, I don't know what the NFL can do in that aspect and making sure these players are okay because like this is one of the worst injuries to ever happen in the league and how do you expect these guys to just go back to work and play like I don't think that's possible it's like football is just such an afterthought right now Mm -hmm. like there's just so much more they need to be thinking about and doing right now right absolutely I mean I, I think they you know the NFL did a good job of canceling like I should say canceling the, the Bengals the game, but like yeah, yeah definitely it back. Not yeah, like I thought it was like ridiculous how they're like, oh, they're gonna give them five minutes to warm up. And yeah, apparently that like, was like, that was a little odd. I, I guess that didn't actually like that's just that's just so wrong. Like, mm-hmm. how can you expect these guys to watch their player like fight for his life on the field and then get back out there? Oh, let's let's go play a game. Like, no, that was I'm you know it was the right call to postpone cancel the game like mm-hmm. there was no way those players should have been back yeah. on that field yeah i mean it was also right i think to push the game back at least after week 18 i mean i, I believe in real time it took them an hour to make the decision after the hit to yeah. mm-hmm. postpone the game um felt really longer than that i mean i don't my my thought process is that i don't know about the five minutes i feel like that's just kind of like st- I, I hate to say the standard protocol, but for an injury, in the, yeah. In the situation, nothing yeah. about this was standard. So, um, I don't know who initiated that. I mean, I feel like that's like I don't really have. I mean, we saw Dane Jackson in the Titans game. You know, unfortunately, he was you know had that neck injury, and he got um, you know, put in an ambulance. I feel like that's the five minute thing that they might have been alluding to that they thought was going to happen, but. Obviously, that situation doesn't is not comparable to this. what happened on the field. In Cincinnati. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Again, I don't even know how honest to God they're going to be able to play games this week. Yeah, um, I just don't know how. I mean, maybe the other teams in the league can, but I don't know how the Bills and Bengals can. And yeah, then I don't know how they're ever going to reschedule um, this Bengals game. I don't even know how honestly. I don't even know how they're going to be able to play it in Cincinnati. Yeah, like, mentally, I don't going think back you can play that game of that field. But then you look at it, and you know, like, I mean, those teams could potentially play each other in the playoffs in Cincinnati. So, like, I, I, I don't know how to. 
I, I don't know what to say to that. Like, no, yeah, I agree. So, I mean, I just think like, like all like the. I mean, in my mind, like the Super Bowl playoffs, chase for the one seater. So like, in Far the gone. backside of my mind, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's like, I don't know how they're gonna. I don't, I don't know what they're gonna do, but we're all yeah. focused on tomorrow. So yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that's you know that's the biggest thing that everyone's been focused on. You don't even hear other, like the Bengals talking about it. Nothing like it's just, and people are donating also to T Higgins uh, charity as well. Trying to tell him this was not your, your fault. People are trying to say that. And that's just not true. It's a fluke injury. Uh, It was crazy. But just before um, we wrap this up again, our, our prayers are with Damar. Our thoughts are with Damar and we hope for a speedy recovery. We are back and we're going to give you our Buffalo Sabres talk for this week. It's been a great week for the Sabres. I know we we chatted last week, you know, it, it, there was nothing absolutely nothing happened. It was it was basically a Sabres rundown. Well, not this week. We have we have some some talking points here. Just outstanding week in my opinion. I, I couldn't have wanted it to go any better, honestly. I mean, I think my prediction prediction was right at the end of the day. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. But Kiko, if you wanna if you wanna if you wanna take us through what you got for us today, and you know on the say talking about the Sabers fantastic week they had. Yeah, I mean they went three and one, so they got six out of the possible eight points. Did I say Kiko again? You did. I did. Okay. I did. okay. Sorry, Dom. Dom, take us through. So, uh, <laughs> if you look at the standings, uh, I believe there are two games in hand on the Islanders, who I think are the wild card team, mm-hmm. and I believe they're four points back. So, yeah, um, yeah, definitely, uh, you know, a good week, especially getting, you know, you you beat the team in your division, Detroit. You beat another team on the road in Boston, the first Eastern Conference team to win in Boston this year, uh, and then you. I mean, you beat a pretty good Capitals team on the road who are, I still believe, are third in the Metro. I mean, the Metro is just kind of a an absolute dogfight, so I don't, yeah. I don't know about that. But, that, I mean, those are two te- two teams in the playoffs, uh, a team in, a tough team in your division. Obviously, losing in Ottawa is really annoying for a reason they can't win Ottawa um, this year, <laughs> 0-2. Kind of both very similar games if it felt like they outplayed Ottawa, but, like... That was our home opener, was, right? Sorry, what? That was our home opener, right? We beat them here, right? Yeah. Okay. It just mm-hmm. felt like it, I, I mean they played Ottawa three times, even the home opener. I mean they just played really sloppy against Ottawa. For every reason, I they just like seemed to be like a half step behind the boys having the puck for um you know too long and then later in the game they don't have the puck enough. Like they don't it just I don't know. Their decision making yeah. against Ottawa just completely craps the bed. <laughs> Yeah, it's their kryptonite. You know, every team's got their kryptonite. And Ottawa's the there's always that. Kryptonite. Yeah, there's always that one matchup that it's <laughs> like it's just you always have a tough time against. Yeah, it's like the Bills Titans. I mean, not this season, but seasons past. I mean, yeah, it, they were pretty. Example. You know, so. No, no, that, I mean, I think bit. yeah. Overall, it's really encouraging to see how well the Sabers have played recently. Mm-hmm. I think this is what we wanted them to maybe not necessarily be a wild card team, but to at least be like in the fight for it. And, oh, yeah. you know, now that it's the new year, like it's still really encouraging to see how they played well. Like they were on a losing streak early on and how they've kind of bounced back from that and shown that they can fight is is really encouraging to me for the future. Showing that, like, we're actually finally making progress 
rather than just staying stagnant all the time and being at the bottom. I I would agree with that. And, you know, I mean, just some of these, some of these teams we played like the, the Bruins tippity top of the division here, right? Tippity top of the count, like of the league, arguably, right? Like one of the best teams in the league, like, like that beating teams like that is the indicator here that the tides are changing. We're going, we're going to a high tide now, you know, like it's, Mm -hmm. it's getting really exciting to watch Sabres games and not that it wasn't before, but for the last decade, it hasn't been, you know, I mean, it's just, well, for the first time in how many years you have multiple star players on the team, right? You know, like Tage Thompson is arguably, in my opinion, no bias here, but a heart trophy favorite. Oh, absolutely. You have talk. Who's breaking out, having a career year. Jeff Skinner's having a career year. Rasmus Stalin's having a career year. Like Dylan Cousins is showing that he's going to be the second line center for this team. You know, you have all these young players that are just growing and getting better. It's like, this is what we've expected for the past decade. And it's nice that we finally got the pieces together where maybe, maybe Granado's not the greatest coach, but for right now, he's the right coach and he's done the right things to get these players going. I, I like that. I like that. Like that. Oh, that maybe Mike Marino cool. will be the right coach one day to take uh, him yeah. to the cup, okay. you know? Because I've played <laughs> big win hockey, a single you know? game of hockey my entire life. <laughs> Definitely qualified. That, uh, oh, listen, Jeff Saturday. I mean, you're not you wouldn't be yeah. Jeff Saturday for that show. And he lost <laughs> his last high school football game, according to your trivia yeah. question. So I mean, he's only guy, won I mean, one NFL game against Josh McDaniels. So no, oh, but. It's it's good to see. I mean, obviously, is what Mike. I mean, Tage already has thirty goals. I think in the beginning of the year, we we were all like, maybe he takes a step back from the thirty eight he scored last year and scores thirty and improves other parts of his game. I mean, he's still. I mean, he's a complete one way. I mean, he's like someone compared. I can't remember who, but someone on Twitter compared him to Bambi uh, <laughs> in his own end. I just can't get that <laughs> out of my own head. But I mean, it's true. But yeah, I mean, he's already at 30 goals in, what, their 36 games in. I mean, that's just an insane pace. Taka's on pace for over 90 points and 35 goals. Obviously, Darlene's at, like, around a 90-point pace. Skinner's over a point per game. I think Cousins is right around there. So, I think it's a really good sign that you have all these elite players, but also you have guys buying into different roles. You know, Yost, you're kind of up and down the line of Krebs. Um, I don't know what they're doing with his development because I, I mean, I just feel like he's more and more like a fourth line center, which I feel like he still has the potential to, like the offensive potential to be a third line center. Um, but we'll see with that. I mean, he's played really well in his role. I mean, he made a nice uh, play on the that pass last night, diving to break it up. Yeah. Uh, but Oposo, it's nice to see him get a Hattie, mm-hmm. uh, almost the oldest player in franchise history. I don't know if that was a trivia question. Slowest, so. Not today, I but I will not say the answer to it. But I mean, it's good to see. I think what well, the best part about this is that the Sabres are still winning, and there are certain guys who, in the beginning, they were producing that haven't really produced recently. And the fact of like, I don't think Quinn Quinn hasn't scored in I want to say the last ten games. Mm-hmm. I think Paterka has scored once in the last ten games. Yeah. So like those two guys, I mean, going kind of. On, on the rookie wall, but still having, you know, I mean, success. that is to be expected, honestly. Yeah. No, it's definitely expected, but like just like th- those two guys who were playing like top six forwards to all of a sudden kind of not be playing like top six forwards would 
like in years past be a complete detriment to the team and like the team would sink but it's nice to have other people uh step up uh and uh Casey missed that with the assist last night yeah I mean it's it's not like a chicken little moment where the sky's falling everyone's running around screaming you know what I mean like it's 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 gonna be okay it's gonna be okay those guys are gonna develop and be yeah. all right so and then also I you got to think about like go how um Lucan in seven and one in his last eight games and like some of the games he's looked really good like he's shown flashes of you know we came into the season like is Lucan in really a piece and then when he started the year it was like no. doesn't really look like he's gonna be anyone here you know he can't be a starter but recently the way he's been playing like now you got to consider do we keep three goalies on the roster because Comrie's gonna be coming back like do you really want to send him down because he's been playing pretty good like yeah i don't think they can i mean his last five starts i think he's five and oh with a 921 save percentage mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. you could i mean easily say the last four starts for this capitals one he's like legitimately carried them yeah like the vegas game they didn't deserve to win the Bruins game, I mean, they really honestly didn't. I mean, they truly kind of didn't deserve to win that game. Um, no. But I'm <laughs> blanking on, like, the, the other two games before that. But last night, I don't think he was, like, in on that level. I think he was, like, a B, B minus. Like, it wasn't his best mm-hmm. game, but he definitely, like, made this, like, a good, enough saves when the time mattered. And, I mean, that was, that was a nice win last night. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's a little unfortunate to play a team in the playoffs and play a three-point game. You know, give them a point, but I mean, it's the second time in the last three games they've been down a goal in the third period and they've been able to battle back. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I think, I think to sum everything up, what we saw this week it was fun to watch. I think, I think that's <laughs> the biggest thing we can say at this point. I, I have been standing up at in these overtimes watching watching the games, like getting excited like a like it's a like you know, like I'm there. Like I, I can't even fathom like being there for these games. I would be going nuts, I'd be screaming, you know, like it's just it's really mm-hmm. cool to see. I think they went on um whatchamacallit? The bit this is the first time there's a stat, the first time the Bills and Sabres have had an active win streak of over a certain amount of games. I saw that the other day. It was the first time the Bills and Sabres were on six game winning streaks at the same time. At the same time. Yes. So I think we're approaching a new golden age of, of Buffalo sports here all around. Yeah, I know how how gloomy, how doomy what November was, how we're talking about like the Sabres. (laughs) Granado's not the guy right now. Yeah. All that stuff. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. Well, two things I would say are going to be very interesting in the coming week ro- roster-wise is mm-hmm. Mike alluded to of Comrie coming back. I mean, are they going to carry three goalies? Are they going to, you know, send UPL down? Are they going to wave Comrie? Are they going to wave Anderson? I would say they would carry three um, mm-hmm. and probably send down either Hennestros or Asplund, unfortunately. Um, I asked one. I mean, they probably, just been yeah, scratch. I, like, go back to episode one well, if you want to get my, my opinion uh, on that. Another like lineup point is I think Kenestros has played once in the last month, and Aslan's played I want to say three times in the last month. Um, so at some point, like I feel like you got to rotate someone out. I don't know. I, at this point, I mean, I we know all know. We, I mean, like, sorry to interrupt, but like, I think we all three of us kind of like know who should be out of the lineup well but it should, who the should coach will. loves for some reason but mm-hmm. yeah 
Shouldn't Willard? I, I told you every every time he does a good thing, he gets ten more games. That, that's know, just how I, it is. Honestly, God, though, I, I I will say this. I feel like if anyone should be out, it should be Olofsson because mm-hmm. Middlestad's played better recently. Mm-hmm. He's he's at least producing, and Olofsson, like, is just completely invisible. Mm-hmm. Like you never notice. Like I don't know. Like you never. He never has the puck. He never is battling on the forecheck. He's not shooting. And no. he's not on the first power play. And at that point, it's like, if you're not shooting, I don't need you. I feel like yeah. he's the guy that should be. Because Krabs is playing well in the fourth line role. You're not going to scratch Yost. I mean, I guess, like, because I, I mean, I, I, I might have just spoken into existence of Quinn Paterka struggling that they could be, but I doubt that. I doubt that. I mean, because no. that line played pretty good the last couple. I mean, two of the last three games, they played You don't want to well. break up that line. Yeah. No. So I, I doubt they do that, but. Yeah, no, shout out to I, the invisible man, Olsen. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I I think that would be so the the goalie debate is gonna be interesting. I I think they carry three. I think if anyone actually gets waived, it's probably Anderson. Um, and then he just kind of there's a way for him to stay. I don't think he has to report to Rochester. He just kind of stays with the team. Maybe I mean if he just says like if like some tells the NHL team like if they claim me, I'm gonna retire. Uh, I don't know. Do, Do what Gronk like did when the Lions tried to to trade for him he just said i'm retired and then never ended up yeah like i mean i I, at this point like i can't see them sending down upl just because he's played so well and i feel like they've invested two years in the comedy that they're not gonna like have one fluke injury seven how many how many like 10 games he played or whatever when he actually did okay for those games you know what i mean they're not gonna just send him back yeah i mean i doubt they do that and then like the other thing i think is gonna be interesting is when yoki hari returns i mean he's always banged up i don't really know the timeline but I don't know what's going to happen with the decor because, I mean, I really feel like like Granado likes Clegg, and I feel like he's played actually pretty well, especially mm-hmm. with power. So it comes down to, like, if if he keeps Clegg and, like, it's either Lebuskin or Bryson, and I feel like it's – I mean, Bryson's terrible. I would say so. Bryson. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're both – listen, they're both not good. I mean, Lebuskin <laughs> – I, I, I would tell anyone to bet the, like, the over on his penalty minutes – every game and you're probably going to win more bets than you lose yeah no i would agree with you bryson i mean we sat there at one game and it, bryson was just whiffing the entire game i remember it was just like you know he would be he'd definitely be the one to get switched out i, I would agree with that kiko dom well, i mean it feels like dom. every bad goal like he did something dumb like yeah yeah I, I i feel like that would probably be the safest bet but i mean Honestly, the safest bet is probably Clay because just of AHL contract, mm-hmm. kind of over, you know, overachieving. But yeah, I think it'd be interesting when Yoki Hari comes back. Um, obviously, when the goalie comes back, team playing well, which is exciting. Um, waiver news: uh, Lawrence Pilot did clear. I know we talked about him being waived last time, so <laughs> um, that was a good sign. Uh-huh. Uh, Jakub Verana was placed on waivers yesterday. Um, mm. I don't like the price. I don't like that he's... Let's put it this way. He signed two more year extras for another $5 million. I think he's an RFA again, so I think his qualifying offers... I don't know what his cap hit is, but it's at least that. He's one of the better five-on-five scoring wingers in the league, but um, unfortunately he hasn't played this year because he's been in... Um, I don't know the program name. I don't want to butcher it, but he's been like yeah, mental health. Yeah, he's been somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, he's been to health program all year. Yeah. For 
So, I mean, you don't know what he's battling. So, I feel like I don't Hockey's feel like he's right. top priority right now. Yeah. I mean, I guess in, in in one aspect, you could say, like, the like the, the strength of the Sabres is the locker room. So, you feel like they might be okay doing it. But at mm-hmm. the same time, I feel like that'd be kind of weird. Not, not I don't should say weird, but it would just kind of be for a player that could potentially struggling off the ice. Um, kind of just maybe want to let him be, but he's a good player, mm-hmm. so it was definitely interesting seeing his name on the waivers. I feel like mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of good players this year have been placed on waivers more like yeah. than ever seen before in years past. Yeah. But no one. Well, they see the trade market so saturated. It's interesting to see that. You know what I mean? All the the decent players going up on waivers and stuff. You know. Yeah, it's gonna make the trade bar. Yeah, but you know, it's also interesting. That I believe there's only like four teams in the entire NHL that could actually um take his cap it. Hmm. Um, us being one of them. What yeah. two? Us being yeah. one of them. Yeah, of course. We're like yeah. twenty two. Yeah. Twenty million. <laughs> really have like twenty million. A lot of teams are cap strapped right now. Uh huh. Yeah. It's like I think that's Anaheim. even more promising for our future, though. You know, like I mean, how much sure. space we well, have. Before you know it, you know, Darlene's gonna need an extension. Cousins will need mm-hmm. an extension. Quinn Paterka. Um, right. Power's making nine hundred thousand dollars. Power will need one. You know. If Coolidge and Savoy and Levi and you know, there's a lot of guys. Yeah, well, I do want to hit on Coolidge real quick. He's okay. played very well at the World Juniors. Good for him. Yeah, I think the Swedes have played pretty. W- the Swedes have played mostly pretty well. Rosine's played pretty well. Austin's kind of been hit and miss, but I guess yeah. that's kind of what is expected. I feel like that. I feel like he's like Rosine 2.0, and the fact of they eventually have to get him to Rochester, and maybe when you know. When they get to Rochester, he'll figure it all out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, they play pretty well. He had a four-point game. Uh, Czechia is in the semifinals. I think. I think they're playing each other, aren't they? Again, aren't they playing? Yeah, they're playing Sweden because USA. Sweden Canada. beat Finland. Yeah. So, the, the Sabres prospects play each other. I mean, there's the Sabres prospects. Uh, crime on crime. I think uh, Rosine went to the box for hooking Coolidge. So. <laughs> A oh my god! For you. <laughs> so, no, the World Juniors are going good for the Sabers. Um, every other prospect seems. I mean, Savoy seems to be you know, producing a little bit better than recently. Levi's numbers are down at Northeastern, but from all accounts, everyone's been saying it's because the team sucks. So, yeah, really nothing to be. Concerned I think he was the only reason why that team was remotely good last year, anyway. So, yeah, he's still putting up good numbers, which is kind of insane. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So. I mean, it's just looking at this. I mean, I know we talked about the multiple star players and stuff like that, right? Oh, Tage Thompson being the third star yeah. again. Yeah. I mean, this third guy. Yeah. Or, yeah, month. Sorry. I'm, I'm calling him Tank Thompson. Tank. Tank. This guy's an absolute tank. He's he's blowing through everything. He's just, he's, he's a monster. I and, have to say this, and this might just be my opinion, but I find it very silly that like the player of the month or like the player of the week and it becomes kind of like a legacy award mm-hmm. like Ovechkin was star one of the month and like McDavid's numbers top him and like I Tage and Ovechkin had like the same stat line and Ovechkin did it in 15 games and Tage did it in 11 games yeah mm-hmm. and the only reason why like Ovechkin's the first star of the month is because he broke Gordie Howe I mean not, I shouldn't say yeah, he passed Gordy Howe's. Didn't break, but he passed Gordy Howe's for second most goals all time. Like, yeah, I feel like I don't really feel like that should be a, a part in like your performance for the month. Like, it's a yeah. cool achievement, but like, 
don't know. I, that always annoys mm-hmm. me. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. It's, I don't it's know. It's like, it's, like if, it's like in the NFL, like if someone ever broke the rushing record, but they rushed for 40 yards on the, on the week, like are they going to win player of the week because they broke the rushing record? Like, yeah. Like that's kind of, mm-hmm. No, that makes dumb. sense. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And then, I mean, looking at the predictions from from last week here, let's break it down. All right, we'll break it down for the listeners out there, viewers out there now. Um, Mike, last week you predicted Tage and Tage. Dom, you predicted Tuck and Darlene. I predicted Quinn and Tuck. I changed mine. I was the only one who changed mine. The goal leader was Tage Thompson with four. And the point leader was Tuck with seven. So, Mike, you got a half point. You got you got Tage in the first category, right? Uh, Dom, unfortunately... I'm not. I'm not seeing any points on the board for you this week. Oh, whiff! And then uh, I ended up getting Tuck with the point leader. So this week, I feel like people. I feel like people must be pretty uh, upset. You know, Oposo gets the hat trick the first game. Probably the betting favorite to be the goal leader of the week. And then that was it. No, no, uprooted that claim. That was gone. It was but, also. Uh, it is also interesting to see that Tuck scored seven points, but he only scored points in two games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had the four point game in Boston, the three point game last night. He didn't, and then only scored one goal against Ottawa. And the only time the top line score had a point was Jeff Green's goal in the first game. So I mean, it's kind of weird. Yeah, mm-hmm. strange game. I mean, numbers are numbers, though. At the end of the day, so I mean, seven points. I'm happy after a stretch like that. So, Mike, what are your predictions for this week, buddy? Um, I think I'm going to go with Jeff for goals. I think he's going to go on a little stretch here where he's going to start scoring. And I think Darlene's going to lead in points. He's going to pick up a ton of assists. All righty. Go, Dom. I keep doing it. I keep calling you Kiko. Dom, what's your I'm going to go Tuck and goals and Darlene in points. I feel like Tuck, like last year, Tuck 38 points in 50 games. This year, obviously having a, having, having a lot more projected potential. But like it felt like in the first like month or two, it felt like he wasn't playing at the level of last season. Like he was scoring points, but it kind of felt like it was kind of like Skinner and Tage and the others yeah. around him kind of like just being better. And he just this the last couple like weeks, last month, he's turned it on to like a whole nother level. So yeah, mm-hmm. agreed. I am going to go with Skinner and Tuck. I think Tuck's mm-hmm. a, a point monger. I think he's going to continue. So. Without further ado, I think that ends it for our Sabres talk for the for the day. Uh, how many games we got until next week? Uh, I believe three. Three. We'll do it. You want to do a quick prediction on that before we before we head into some would you rather or no? I'll go two and one. Two and one. Mike? Go one, one and one. Ooh. I'm thinking it's a clean sweep here. I think they go three and zero. I'm, I'm going three and zero on this week. So I don't even know who they play. I'm just I'm calling it <laughs> right now. So I'm going I'm going three and zero, but. Uh, Mike, I think I think it's your week for the Would You Rather. You, would you rather? Are you, are you prepared? If, yeah, I, I got one. Interesting right. one. Uh, I don't think we've ever talked about this. Sorry if we have, but uh, would you rather have the greatest individual career? So, like, you're like a boxer or like a golfer or something, and be the greatest in that. Mm-hmm. Or would you rather be on the greatest team of all time? So, like, you're on this dynastic team, like the Oilers of, like, the 80s or, like, the Bulls of the 90s. Like, would you rather be on that team or be individually the greatest? Am I the I best like player this. on that team? Yeah. 
Mm. So like you're Michael Jordan or Wayne Gretzky. Mm. Or like, I guess, Ali and like Tiger or Jack Nicklaus. I feel like I would be the, want to be the greatest individual of all time. I, I just think that's cool. Thinking like being of it, Tiger being like Tiger Woods, like that. I mean, or I mean, as you said, Ali. Like I mean, those dudes are legends. So mm-hmm. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like you can't go wrong, but I feel like for the individuals, uh, it, it matters what individual sport. But like being on the best like baseball team of all time, like I feel like no one could ever name the best baseball team of all time. And then like, yeah, people watch baseball, but it's not like that much. It's not like I feel like you wouldn't get that much stuff, but if you're like you were the greatest golfer or greatest boxer, I know tennis is kind of a we- like not like it's more of a worldwide sport. So mm-hmm. I feel like from an American perspective, like being the greatest golfer of all time would be kind of sick. Because just because like it, just because my golf game is some trash, it would make me feel a lot better about myself. <laughs> all right, I'm thinking about this in context of my my old sport swimming here. Okay. <laughs> Um, would I rather have be Michael Phelps per se, right? 20 gold medals by myself, right? Or would I rather be Ryan Lochte and be meh by myself, you know, like talk smack, whatever. I don't know, whatever. We're moving on. Be a good relayer. And be a good relayer, like be on a team. I'd rather have the 20 gold medals to myself. I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I mean, like just thinking of it that way, selfishly thinking about it, being a historical figure on your own, like Ali, like Tiger Woods being that historical figure in sports for doing it on your own, I think has more resonance. Like Dom said, a relay is going to be remembered as a relay. A baseball team is just like you said, could be forgettable. You know what I mean? Like just based on the viewership and all of that. And even an NFL team. I mean, you had um, the, the Patriots for 20 years. You know what I mean? You had Tom Brady on that team and, um, well, well, no one says no one says like Brady's paths. They say like a specific. They say like the 07 paths, right? You know, exactly. They nine. They don't say Jordan's Bulls because some no. of those years they weren't that, in the eighties. They weren't that good. You say like ninety six Bulls, or you know I mean, like they they had to specify the year exactly. Mm-hmm. And that I mean, that's why I'd rather go individual because that that really just puts you cemented yourself in sports history or history in general. And yeah, I think that's, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. I mean, like individually, yeah. it's like it's like no one says like '03 Tiger." They just say "Tiger." Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I mean, I guess it's a little bit Tyson. different. It's a little bit different for like maybe like Olympic athletes because the year is so specific. Like, like you saying you could, Bolt or something. Yeah, yeah, I guess you could say Phelps, but like everyone would probably say '08 Phelps" because he won what eight gold medals. Yeah, in Beijing. Like yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I feel like that might be more specific year wise and like specific wise, but like yeah, the other individual sports now. Yeah, no, honestly, like, I could go either way. Like, I think I'd probably lean more towards the individual aspect. Mm -hmm. But, like, I could see, like, the team aspect, you know, like, being close with the team and, like, being able to celebrate with the team and, like, just being part of that brotherhood and camaraderie. Like, I could see that being appealing. But, like, I guess I would rather have, like, all the personal stuff because, you know, like, you're the best. We're all selfish. if you're on a team, yeah, I guess. Like, if you're on a team, (laughs) like, you still need other people to contribute. You know, so yeah, if it's individually, like you're the best, like it's you, yeah. Rocky Balboa, the karate kid, you know, fake versions of that, you know, that it's like, like Dom was singing the best around, you know, so it's it's definitely individual for sure. All right, Mike, all right, that was a good one, buddy. 
Yeah, I'm glad I got you thinking. I think <laughs> the consensus was all there, but like, it's all right. So we'll go into some trivia here. Um, we'll start with the Bills. So we, we it's Pro Bowl season again. I think I did a Pro Bowl question last week about Thurman. Um, who who on the Bills has the most selections to the Pro Bowl? Probably easy. A little bit easy question. Put Nero down. Oh, I, I have mine. Joe, you go first. I know. I'm thinking. I'm narrowing it down to two. Can you answer a question for me, Mike? Surely. Defense or offense? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I'm okay. Go. I'm going to say it's Bruce Smith. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 11. Billy Shaw and Ruben Brown have eight. Andre Reed and Steve Tasker have seven. Yeah. And we know from last week, Thurman hit five. Yeah. yeah. Jim Kelly is like five or four, I want to say. So yeah. Like, I don't know. I still think the Pro Bowl's like a joke, but it, it is. I, I think they're treating you know it more you know now. Back in a... the day, it used to mean more than now. Back now it's day. a joke. Because you actually now played a game a pop- back in the day. Now it's just a popularity contest. Like, I think of the Pro Bowl, I think of Sean Taylor laying out Brian Mormon. Right. You know, now it's just like. Mac Jones like, they finally was made in a last flag. Year. Like, I don't know. It's just, I, I don't respect the Pro Bowl. Like, it's like an all-star game, but like, I don't know. I don't, we get a lot of casual fans. It's sad how like, I think, I think Dom's, I think Dom said this, how like, it's like a legacy, like Pro Bowl is like a legacy thing. Like you get Hall of Fame votes for making a ton of Pro Bowls mm-hmm. when it's like, Flawed. Pro Bowl is kind of a joke, you know, like it should be more like all pros and like, right. Yeah. That's, you know, actual stat line instead of just Pro Bowls. Cause like Russell Wilson, how many Pro Bowls does Russell Wilson have? Like nine or nine? I mean, nine or was in it last year. Yeah, he like he just kept, he kept making the Pro Bowl. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Okay, next question. Sabres question. Okay. So there's a lot of rookies on the team right now. We got, you know, Quinn, Paterka, Power. They're all, I could, you could say, like, at one point, they're all Calder candidates. Mm-hmm. So there's been how many Sabres players to win the Calder? And can you name the players? Hmm. I'm not going to name the players. I can tell you that right now, but I can take a shot in the dark on the number. Okay, go for it. Oh, see, I feel like I'm going to mess this up. I think it's a small number. No, I I, I know it's either a number. I think I'm going to say three. Okay, um, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go two. I'll go even lower. It is three. Okay. Can you name the players? So I know it's Jill Bear. Mm-hmm. I know it's Tyler Myers. Mm-hmm. Last one's a shot in the dark, but I, I knew those two for sure. So I was going to say two originally, like just straight up after you said it. But I, I thought of this one. I think he did win. Did Tom Brasso win? It is Tom Brasso. <laughs> wow, look at you. 83, 84. I was like, I think, I think he did win. I was like, I was like, that was that was my shot in the dark. I was like, I couldn't remember if he won or not, but yeah, no, that's right. Three of them: Jill Perot in seventy-one, Barrasso in eighty-four, and Tyler Myers in two thousand ten. Tyler Myers, one good year. Okay. Okay. Last question. Hey, 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 listen, he's making six million dollars a year. He's bro. Life. He was yes. good with Henrik Tlinder, and then they took Tlinder away, and that's another story. Thanks, Darcy. Anyway, <laughs> back to my third question. We're we're in the world juniors right now, you know, it's a pretty popular event. Um, there's been quite a few tournaments dating back to the seventies. Uh, can you tell me who the first winner was? 
okay, I'll just do this. There's there's an official tournament and an unofficial tournament. Like it's it's the same winner, so it doesn't matter because they're both the same winner. But like I guess the official first official winner of the World Juniors. I mean, I feel like the proper guess is Canada. Yeah. Is, is it not Canada? Canada's the they got silver. Canada okay. got silver. I guess my second guess would be the Soviet Union. Yeah, Russia. It's the Soviets. Oh my gosh! I thought 1977 was the first Dude, official tournament, and Canada's... the Soviets beat Canada. And Czechoslovakia was wow. the bronze. Finland fourth. Wow. The first unofficial one was 74, where the Soviets beat Finland, and Canada was bronze. You think Canada would be on top? You know what I mean. I, I was, I was shout really out on that, Dom. Shout out to Connor Bedard for being insane. I thought he was about to say does. shout out Soviet Union. I'd have to edit that out. You <laughs> no, know what I mean? God I no. <laughs> God no. Okay. No, Connor Bedard is he broke the record for Canada for goals and and points and all that. He's, is that, is like, that the all time record or is it just a Canadian record? Well, I think it's a Canadian record. He broke hmm. what Eberle's goals and Lindros points or something. So yeah, he still he still has an opportunity to break Forsberg's all single tournament record, I want to say. Like but, Connor Bedard's like the next McDavid. He's just insane. He's. I'm calling right now. He's gonna be in Chicago. Well, that ding. He's still winning. Uh, you know, I'm to be different. He's gonna be in Montreal. Oh my god! All right. On that just, note, they're not wasting him in Arizona <laughs> or Columbus. I'm just saying that right now. Maybe they pair him with Zegers in Anaheim, but the draft lottery is rigged. We all know it. It is rigged. But without further ado, that's gonna end it for this edition of the Buffalonian Podcast. I've been Joe Kelly, and I've, as always, I'm joined by Dom Loss and Mike Marino. And Dom, how do you always end these, buddy? Go Bills, baby. Go Bills. Go Sabres.